Trust Psyche, the podcast on astrology and depth psychology. I'm Jessica Deruzza, licensed psychotherapist, professional astrologer, and teacher. You can find all supporting material for this podcast and my body of work at trustpsyche.com, where you can study astrology with me from beginner to advanced. Thank you so much for being here with me. I really appreciate you, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Anima Mundi and World Transits. This is a visionary topic that is very near and dear to my heart. When we look at the world transits, where the planets are in the sky at any given moment in time, for every one of us, almost 8 billion people on planet Earth, we are looking at a shared collective experience, a shared humanity, a shared psyche, or a shared soul of the world, anima mundi. When we see Jupiter is square Pluto, we know that on a collective level, every individual person on this planet is going through their own unique experience of Jupiter square Pluto. While there is a uniqueness and individuality to how that is being experienced, felt, perceived, expressed, it is also collectively shared, meaning that every single person on this planet is going through that archetypal realm or combination, that planetary pair of Jupiter square Pluto. I have this fantasy that one day when we wake up to look and turn on the news and we get the weather report that we also get the astrological archetypal weather report today is going to be cloudy with a chance of meatballs accompanied with Jupiter square Pluto for this month and that means All of us are going through that, no matter what country you live in, no matter what socioeconomic status you are, no matter your political party affiliation. It doesn't matter what that is. We're all sharing this. And to kind of highlight some of the archetypal themes that we could expect during a Jupiter square Pluto month. So we say things like for this month, because of the square, we can anticipate typical square things. Like we know that that's a hard aspect. It tends to be dynamic, but it also tends to be very challenging and filled with tension. It tends to come out of left field. We tend to get blindsided by this energy. It tends to feel like it's coming from the outside in. 
It's something we're having to manage. As one of my students called it in the aspects course that Travis and I just co-taught, that it's a healing crisis. I think the square very much does have that kind of rupture and repair, um, that healing crisis where this energy of Jupiter and Pluto is pressed into our existence and we are confronted with it as we are with squares. There's a confrontation. And with Pluto, we're looking at shadow material. And with Pluto, we're also looking at resources. You know, we're looking at things like um, energy, um, wealth with Jupiter, um, distribution of time, energy, money. And with Jupiter square Pluto, what I've noticed um, in my practice is that there tends to be an eruption and confrontation with shared resources and some kind of pretty deep negotiation around getting back to a place of either equity or greater balance. And I'm going to list out some of those things that I would want to see on that weather report, which is I think that on a shared collective level, Jupiter square Pluto world transit manifests in the psyche of the soul of the world, the anima mundi, as an eruption with, hey, who's bringing how much money here in the relationship? If you look at, for example, a couple um, of some kind of partnership, it could be a marriage, it could be um, two people living together and sharing resources, sharing the rent or sharing the mortgage, sharing the grocery bills, um, the utilities. And it's like this confrontation of like, hey, I noticed that I'm paying more, you're paying less. Or um, I noticed that I fill up the fridge more than you. Um, and there's some kind of power struggle that happens around this negotiation around shared resources, right? Human beings as um, deeply interdependent uh, social creatures, we depend on one another um, for our resources. So whether that's food, shelter, um, goods, childcare, mental health, going to the gym, taking classes, learning from um, teachers, like whatever it is, right? We depend on one another. So when Jupiter square Pluto, there tends to be a rupture around resources. Um, couples at long distance, who's going to pay for the airfare to meet? Is it split down the middle? Do we take turns paying for it? Who's going to fly to whom? Um, Pluto, of course, very much relates to our sexuality, right? And our libido. So we look at very real things around healing crisis, around um, sexuality, you know, sexual uh, infidelity or unfaithfulness and having to talk about the messiness of that and who has more power in the relationship sexually. Is one person more dominant and the other person more submissive? Is one person have a stronger sex drive and one a lesser one? Is that an issue? There's some kind of confrontation there around sexual needs being met. Um, We also see themes around wealth. We're looking at Jupiter, we're definitely looking at wealth and 
you know, seeing things with Pluto around themes of inheritance, um, very real things like within the family system, um, are there certain levels of compliance that have to happen in order to receive the inheritance that you're supposed to receive? Um, is there a way in which you may be um, giving your power away or lessening your power, lessening your truth in order to anticipate receiving some kind of inheritance in the future? Is there an equal distribution of wealth and resources within the family, within the family system or within the transgenerational passing down? Does, let's say, someone who has three children, do all three get an equal amount of your time? Do all three get an equal amount of your energy? Do all three get an equal amount of your money? We could look at themes around um, who's managing your money. Like, for example, who's your accountant? Or if you have investments, um, who is your investment manager? Is there trust there? Are things going well? Is there anything that needs to be checked in around? We could look at themes around uh, land and ownership. Um, seeing people, you know really questioning who has rights to what land. Um, these are all Jupiter-Pluto themes. And when they square each other, like they have been for the last several weeks here, um, as I'm recording this on June 11th, 2023, this is what's surging through the collective psyche. Now, Every person is going to have their own individual experience of that. Not everyone owns land. Not everyone has wealth. Not everyone's going to inherit something. But if we look at those themes more symbolically, we all inherit something, right? And we all are managing resources. If it's not money, then it's time and it's energy. And when we are interdependent beings in relationship with one another, these are the things that we have to constantly check in around and negotiate and communicate around over and over again as our needs evolve, as, as things change, as they inevitably do. And we have to keep coming in, back in and updating the contracts that we have with one another around these shared resources, time, energy, food, shelter, all of those things to check in to see if that plutonic need for uh, power is equal. And oftentimes the way that power indifference manifests within any type of relationship, whether that's between um, two people romantically, between parent and child, between siblings, between um, coworkers or employer-employee, is who has the power and how is that power symbolically represented and does what's being brought to the table feel honest and does it feel fair and with a square we know that what that's going to do is going to press into our existence a rupture around this negotiation around power resources and wealth and how they're being distributed within any relationship that you're in and the way that that's going to manifest is through conversations around things like sexuality inheritance time management energy giving is one person in the relationship giving more energy than the other person and if there's an imbalance there that needs to be discussed and then what is going to be done so there, there isn't resentment there resentment is our 
key clue that something is out of balance, that one person is overgiving, and that there needs to be a renegotiation of that contract between two people or between a group of people. Um, anger and resentment are our clues that our boundaries have been crossed, and a square typically manifests um, archetypally as things like anger and resentment, symptomology, or symptomatically to be able to cue us into the ways in which there has become an indifference of power, I'm sorry, a difference of power, or an out of balance around these themes. You know, you look at people like who are co-parenting, maybe there's been child support or alimony, and there's this question around, well, if I, if you have alimony, then shouldn't you pay for the school supplies or shouldn't you, who's going to pay for college or who's going to pay for, you know, that um, spending money that comes out? That's one way that that materializes. Another way it materializes is if there's, I see this sometimes with co-parenting, there's a shared property. So instead, instead of the family moving into two homes, the children stay in one home and the other parent goes out to an apartment and they rotate who's in which space. And then a negotiation around, well, in these shared spaces, what are the rules around bringing, let's say, other people in to have sex in those spaces? Or maybe it's something as simple as, you know, hosting a party or an event. And so this constant needing to communicate and check in around these shared resources. I see oftentimes people staying in relationships because the messiness of what it would take to confront separating assets feels so overwhelming or feels like sometimes if one person makes all the money or more money or provides the health insurance and the, if the other person wants to leave but they can't because they would lose that health insurance or they would lose the house or they wouldn't know how to make their own income or it would take a lot to do that they'll stay in these um, places of resentment or these places of not feeling fulfilled in order to continue to get those assets that we can get when we're in a relationship with somebody and we're on their health insurance plan or you know we have a shared mortgage or access to something and I think assets is something that's constantly being negotiated with the Jupiter Pluto archetype but in a square we know it's going to be some kind of opportunity for a healing crisis around it it's also a time period where we tend to see very powerful figures who often have Jupiter Pluto in their natal charts take front and center sage on the geopolitical field for example we could look at someone um that's uh has a tremendous amount of political power and then some kind of plutonic drama comes out about them maybe around infidelity or um, maybe they were um, hiring sex workers and there's been issues around that you tend to see this kind of uh, time period where big secrets come out or big shadow material comes out or we're not able to contain it and there's this kind of again rupture or eruption of this the rupture is the square the eruption is pluto it's its nature is to be volcanic and intense and extreme and titanic and so we would then say wow we know that these archetypal themes collectively universally come up under jupiter square pluto so individually what we would then want to see is that increasing awareness around those themes and then when they're happening 
in one's life and in one's relationship or within one's family or at work that we would be able to see it and then name it and then process it and then talk about it and and interpret it and metabolize it and embody it so the vision here would be you know today's weather is sunny and there is gonna be uh, you know jupiter square pluto these are the themes to watch out for and then to to accept and to acknowledge and trust that these things are happening for all of us like nobody isn't going to be affected by this this is the universal weather report and so then what do we do with that and i think it's very much bringing in that um archetypal psychological relational dimension of saying okay hey family look at this we're having this um conflict or this tension around this property issue well we know that this theme is alive on the collective level we know that this is how it tends to manifest but we also know what opportunities are here because it's a square because it's jupiter and pluto so what do we want to do with that how do we want to use that you know as medicine to be able to hopefully um, heal what's going on here i just think that humanity is on the precipice of being able to do this because if you just look at the last um you know decade decade and a half of pluto and capricorn it's just retrograded back into that sign for its second to last time today as i record this out of aquarius into capricorn and i'm telling you like things that barely anybody was talking about or aware of at the beginning of this transit 2008-2009 of the ingress of Pluto into Capricorn. It's like barely anyone was talking about patriarchy. Talk about one expression of Capricorn. Um, It's the patriarchy because it's it's the government, it's the rules, it's the law, it's the systems, it's the norms. And it's like that is a lot of what patriarchy actually gave humanity was things like law and government and politics and rules and form and order and structure you know monotheism we could go on and we know that patriarchy is the dominance of male and masculine power to control and influence the world around through things like policy through things like um institutions and uh religious institutions political institutions educational medical you name it and those rules um, and norms and customs that are there uh, favor and prioritize the success and wealth of men very few people were like actually even using the word patriarchy let alone talking about it before pluto ingressed into capricorn so my point here is that we look at these um, archetypal themes coming into the collective through the world transits of something like Pluto entering into Capricorn and the anima mundi, the, 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 the soul of the world is speaking through us and to us through our awakening. And because humanity has collectively woken up to not only being increasingly more of a global species, 
um, and one could even argue a cosmic species with the Hubble telescope and everything we're doing in outer space, but also um, the reawakening to astrology that is happening and giving us that rightful place in the cosmos again as galactic beings and really seeing that um, because we're starting to be able to look at and understand things like, for example, transgenerational um, trauma um, themes around uh, epigenetics and DNA, looking at um, collective fields of consciousness, looking at um, reincarnation or the idea of karma, these things that have come into or back into the collective imagination uh, shows me that through things like psychology, we are waking up to these dimensions of what it means to be human. And the next kind of logical step for me from a visionary place is being able to see that the movement of the planets in the world transits is a guide to show us what is happening here within the psychic realm of psyche and our interpersonal uh, relationships, whether that's, um, you know, one-on-one or uh, a, a small system like a family to a larger system of any group or institution or country and so on, and recognizing that these archetypal themes are waves of energy that come through and if we could start to acknowledge that and communicate about that i think it would do a lot of things for us but including accelerate our awakening to becoming more conscious beings who have greater choice and how we move through and navigate life it's like the it's like anytime we've made a really major discovery that has changed the course of humanity's evolution, like the discovery of electricity or um, the discovery of genes or the discovery of, um, you know, uh, crops. Uh, All of these things, when we wake up to them, give humanity greater capacity to um, create from a more intentional, aware, conscious place. And I think That same thing is and will continue to happen uh, with astrology and recognizing what the world transits are actually indicating to us. I will say from a clinical perspective that when, for example, Jupiter is square Pluto, every individual in my practice is experiencing and speaking to that, whether they're conscious of it or not, often not, and I get to collect all of these incredible stories where this wave of these themes come through and I start to see it and almost I can anticipate in the next session that something around Jupiter square Pluto is going to come up because the collective psyche represented through these different individuals that I work with from all walks of life are speaking to and what it does is it says to me we're having a much more shared experience here than I think we realize. There's profound difference in 
uh, how we're experiencing it. I saw the other day someone said, we're not all in the same boat, we're in the same storm. Some of us have yachts, some of us have speedboats, some of us have canoes, some of us have a raft, and some of us have no boat. I think that the world transits are very much like that. I wouldn't necessarily call them a storm, though Jupiter square Pluto definitely can be that. We're all sharing this uh, energy, but where we're at in life and what we have to manage that varies greatly, whether that's our physical resources, our emotional resources, um, our intelligence, our education, our access to mental health, and so on, really definitely plays a very strong um, role in how we ride these archetypal waves. But the the, the fact and the truth is, is that world transits show us that we are all writing these universal themes at the same time. And I think there's just something very profound that could happen if we began to collectively acknowledge that in something like this weather report, but also individually in real time. And this is, I think, where um, involution and incarnation actually is taking place is the moment as human beings, we wake up to the fact that, oh, hey, that Jupiter-Pluto square, it's happening right now, and I see it, let's name it, let's talk about it, let's have a family meeting about it, let's have a couple meeting about it, let's have a, a, a group, uh, uh, you know, work meeting about it, and let's talk about it, um, because none of us are exempt from it. Um, none of us have some special privilege that says, oh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be experiencing this. And I think that's the thing that's very um, immaculate <laughs> and um, mm, democratizing about astrology. And this is where a lot of my faith and my trust in reading comes from, which is I know, for example, Pluto transiting the descendant is going to carry these themes. Now, the specifics of how a person is going to do that um, is something that is partially unknown and a mystery and partially something that we can discover through dialogue together. Uh, but I can safely say that I know that your relationships are going to transform and go through a death-rebirth process and you are going to be challenged and brought to your knees over and over again through your most intimate relationships um, in order for you to step into your power and transform the way that you um, give and receive power within your relationships. I can say that hands down with full faith and confidence because of that archetype's uh, universal uh, manifestation. The same is true with world transits. And so if we bridge that and we say, yes, I have faith in knowing that that's going to happen to the realm of psyche and say, and yes, I know that these are the kind of ways or range that that can come through in the human experience, we start bridging worlds and realms that I think do uh, complete uh, <laughs> uh, phenomenological transfiguration around collective consciousness and what consciousness is and how a human being can interact and embody um, with source. So yeah, that is some of my thoughts on um, the Animo Mundi and World Transits, and just really grateful for the privilege that I have to not just know astrology, but do get to work with people from all walks of life every single week, dozens of people, 
and getting to see firsthand how people really in a very human real way experience this but seeing that every single person is genuinely experiencing the Jupiter square Pluto so I think that yeah, if we're going to have something like an archetypal news network, what we're actually speaking to is like, hey, you know, we know that Venus is going to go retrograde in July for 40 days and 40 nights, as she does. And we know that in that time from 28 degrees Leo to 12 Leo, um, she is going to be taking a underworld journey into all of the Venusian themes of love, relationship, partnership, values, money, um, art, and creativity, right? This is her domain. It's the domain of love and beauty. And every single person on this planet is going to go through that this summer or go through that, you know, in, in July and August. And Yes, the way you specifically experience that has everything to do with the conditions of your life and where you're at in your friendships, where you're at romantically, where you're at creatively. Absolutely. And of course, your personal transits of how is that personally activating you. But when we get out of egoic astrology and egoic consciousness, we're able to tune into more of that shared collective transpersonal dimension of what's going on, depersonalize our experience, but also at the same time, make it more human. And I think make us more capable or able to have greater choice to co-create with what we want to do with these themes that are inevitably going to come into our life. It's not to control it. It's, it's not even necessarily to optimize it. It's simply about being aware, witnessing it, seeing it, playing with it, naming it, doing whatever you're going to do. When you become conscious, you become in relationship with something. And that's what part of becoming conscious gives us. And so when we do that with astrology, and we recognize that it's actually at its core shared, and you could call that transpersonal or collective, that it changes the way that we experience the transits. And it changes the way that I think we experience ourselves as humans. Um, and so, yes, it's deeply meaningful, of course, what that means for you. But just to step back and recognize that it's happening to every single person that you know. Every single person that you know is also going through that. And can we look at that? And can we see that? And can we talk about that instead of talking about ourselves all the time? All right, everyone. Thanks so much for being here with me. This is Stream 39. I'm Jessica Derutza, and this is the Trust Psyche Podcast. We are dreamed into existence. What we do with that dream is up to us. How we dream is as important as what we dream, for the what of the dream knows itself through the how. <laughs>